thank you, Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity once again to be in your house, to feel after your great and mighty presence, the holy, holy hand of the Lord. We thank you, Jesus, and we praise you, dear God. Jesus' great name. Everybody said praise the Lord. We're glad for each and every one of you to hear this morning, to be in God's house. If you have a Bible, you'd like to take a look with me to God's Word. Very happy to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad you're here. I'm turning to the book of Proverbs. Right after Psalms, you come to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 15. Eddie, you might need a Bible over here. Proverbs 15. Okay. If you'll look at Proverbs 15, I'm going to turn your attention to verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Beholding the evil and the good. Everybody said amen. amen. In the New Testament, I'd like to turn your attention to the gospel according to John. Gospel according to John. Chapter 10 and verse 1 of John. Chapter 10 and verse 1. Verily, verily, which means truly, truly, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. And if you'll turn a couple of pages John 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Once again, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to preach for a little while this morning on in his eyes no other way. You may be seated. You notice that uh, the writer made it pretty clear I think he did. In the book of Proverbs, he said that there is a way that seemeth right. It seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I believe that's Proverbs 16 and 25. There is a way. It's kind of like saying, I told somebody, I said, well, they're right in their eyes but it's in God's eyes that counts God is 
the judge. He is, what did Job say? He said, there's no daysman betwixt us. He meant there's no referee between us. Nobody to umpire between us here. And, um, but you know, Jesus, he is the umpire. He is the judge. He wears all the hats. He has all the titles. But most importantly, he gives to you his name, above every name. And that name is Jesus Christ. You, you can enjoy, we have a poster hanging out, framed it there in the lobby. And uh, you can enjoy reading that. And it will give to you many, many, many titles for God in the Bible. They come derived from the scripture and they actually have the chapter and verse location with them. And all of them are biblical and all of them are correct. But you want to remember that the one who holds all the titles is Jesus. Jesus is the one that holds all the titles. He sent a special messenger to deliver his name. Hitherto unknown never been spoken or told to anybody until the angel came and told Mary, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. I'm giving this flesh, this son that you will give birth to, I'm give, and that which was conceived in you is of my Holy Spirit. I have spoken the word, and you're going to bring forth a child. After the due course of nature, you will bring forth a child, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. I am bestowing the name that I have told nobody else. I have not announced it, never sent it. It's never been uttered. But now I'm giving it. When the fullness of time was come, the Spirit sent forth that flesh, the Son, made of a woman, that would be Mary, under the law, that would be have come by Moses, for the law came by Moses. But grace and truth now is about to appear, and that came by Jesus Christ. So, for you to begin to get an insight to what God is looking at and what God is viewing correctly. Many people, uh, I, had a, a, I saw the man again this morning and I was very surprised. I was just finished preaching at the radio and I turned from the microphone and I was about to step out of the studio and uh, I had caught in the corner of my eye, there's a window, and I had caught a shadow, and I, but I was preaching so I didn't pay it any mind. And, uh, but as I turned to leave the studio finishing up, uh, I saw this man, and I recognized him. I'd seen him once before, and uh, he was giving out invitations to a, a church. And I remembered that day, and I put my window down, and I stopped in the parking lot, and I, and I spoke to him. And I had said, uh, sir, I said, um, I want to let you know that uh, it's very important that you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and be, be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, the Bible says that in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And so he said, he said, well, he said, I baptize him both ways. He said, so in other words, I baptize him saying, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and I baptize him in Jesus' name. And so he said it with real attitude, and he said, he said, he said, uh, either one going to make heaven. That's not going to keep either one of them out of heaven. And right about that time, I was like the little boy that, uh, you know, they, everybody sat down and the little boy kept standing. And, and uh, so his mother said, sit down. And his dad said, sit down. Everybody's going, sit down. So finally they grabbed him by his arm and they sat him down. He said, well, all right. He said, I may be sitting, but my Holy Ghost is standing up. 
Well, right about that time, the Holy Ghost stood up. And I said, sir, I said, let me tell you what will keep people out of heaven. Not being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ will keep people out of heaven. And I just moved on and drove my truck on my way. And he went his way. Well, this morning, I just had got done preaching 15 minutes worth of God's word. And I turned around, and here's this guy standing there coming in with a little cassette tape that I guess he was turning in for them to play. And he said, he looked up at me and he said, good preaching. And I said, nothing but the book. And out the door I went. And out the door I went. Somewhere along the line, you got to get in the book. And if you're going to get things right in God's eyes, and it's his eyes that count. His eyes, the Bible said, are going to and fro throughout the whole earth. And he's looking for a heart. He's looking for individuals that will have a completeness towards him. They want the truth. They want what's right. Jesus made it clear in his earthly ministry. He said, I am the way. Now, I could go on with that, but let's just stay with subject matter. He said, I am the way. He also said that there's going to be people that are going to try to come to him, but they're not going to come legally or lawfully or scripturally. They're not going to come oh, the way his eyes would pronounce it as righteously. He said they're going to try to climb up some other way. But Jesus is telling you there is no other way. He said, I am the way. It's like when he told Martha, Martha and Mary, and he told Martha, and she said, he, he told her, she was all worried about him because he, he, her brother had died. And he said, he said well, he said, um, he said, you don't need, you're careful and troubled about many things. He said, but don't be in such a sweat about it all, in other words. And I'm headed right there, and I've come to take care of business. And he said, uh, your brother's going to rise again. And of course, like most of us, you know, our mind is doing our thing and thinking our thing, and we've got something to say, and we want to show how knowledgeable we are. And I got one little boy in the academy, every time you speak to him, I know, I know. I told him one day, I said, you don't know nothing. You better start learning to listen. <laughs> then maybe you'll know something. And I'm trying to break him of that habit. It's just a habit. That's the that's first word out of his mouth. I know, I know. Well, that's us. That's our human nature. And uh, you can do like Martha. I know that my brother will rise again at the resurrection. And I have a feeling that Jesus' tone of voice was much like mine was with that little boy. He said, I am the resurrection. <laughs> kind of goes back to sitting on the well. And the woman, he told the woman, he said, if you knew who you were talking to, you know, you think you know so much. You're talking about Jacob's well. Well, guess what? I'm Jacob's God. How you like that one? He said, he said, let's get something straight. If you knew who you were talking to, he said, you'd be asking me. Instead of trying to tell me, you'd be asking me. And you'd get it right in what's right in my eyes. And it's what's right in God's eyes. We can say so many things. We can think so many things. And, and uh, we can act on so many things in our way. But remember, there is a way that seems right unto us. But the Bible said the end thereof is the ways of death. Now, it's the end game that's going to count. You know, 
You, this is not a sprint, okay? This is a long-distance race. You don't come to Jesus one day and leave the next and think it's going to be okay. You don't just hop around like a flea on a dog and you can't be found. You don't play hokey-pokey with Jesus. You got one foot in and then you got one foot out. You know, you're here today and you're gone tomorrow. That's not the way that it works in God's eyes. It's been said by people, and they, it's, it's very sad when they say it and when they teach it, but they will tell people that once you're saved, you're always saved. But you see, that's a very incomplete statement, and in its incompleteness, it is incorrect. The correctness is from the teachings of the Word of God, is that once saved, always saved, if you stay saved. If we save you out of a burning wreck and, and, and the whole vehicle is on fire and flames are shooting out everywhere and we reach in and we pull you out, then you can truly say, I've been saved from the fire. And about that time, I turn around and you jump back in the fire. It's once saved, always saved, if you stay saved. Meaning, once delivered, you got to stay delivered. You get delivered from drugs, you got to stay delivered from drugs. You get delivered from cursing and adultery, fornication, you got to stay delivered from those spirits. You get delivered from a suicide spirit, you got to stay delivered from a suicide spirit. I told you about the man, a simplification of it is he swung the hammer and hit his thumb, cried out, Oh Lord, oh Lord. Well, the Lord healed him. Next thing you know, wham, hits it again, you know. Three, four, five times, finally the Holy Ghost cried out and said, move your thumb. <laughs> you know, you got to make a little adjustment here. That's what your Bible's for. Why do you think you have Romans to Revelation? It's teaching to the saved. Acts is where you get saved. Acts is where the church began. Acts is showing you at time after time people being that repenting of their sins, getting baptized in Jesus' name, and then filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you hit Romans, then you're looking at the church that was shown to you in the book of Acts, the congregation, the people that came out of darkness in the marvelous light, and they then, under the leadership of the apostles and the prophets in the church, they begin to reach into other areas. And as a matter of fact, when they got a little under-motivated, then the Lord sent a little persecution. Now, they did a good job in their city in Jerusalem, but Jesus didn't want them to just be in Jerusalem. And we follow that same example and pattern. They reached out. Philip went down to Samaria, okay? And that's why you go on and on. You go to Romans because there was a congregation reached and pulled out in the place called Rome. And they were being then taught as the congregation at Rome. And you got the book of, or the epistle or the letter or the message to the Romans. And then it's the church that was established, the congregation that was established in that city. And the same thing with Corinthians and Ephesians and so on and so forth. These were cities, these were places where the church kept reaching, reaching out of Jerusalem, going forth into all the known 
world because he said after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you're going to become a witness. You're going to receive power to be my witness. And you're going to go in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And they did. And then he said to the uttermost part of the earth. Okay? So the church is to reach out and that's what they did. That was good in God's eyes because it wasn't good in God's eyes when they were just hanging out at Jerusalem and just concerned about their own little place and their own little group of people. And it was a good job that they did. The book said they filled, they were accused of filling Jerusalem with their doctrine, with the apostles' doctrine. The apostles' doctrine was the doctrine that Jesus gave to them, and they, the church, continued steadfastly in that teaching, the teaching of repentance, the teaching of water baptism in Jesus' name, and the teaching of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, just like they did in the upper room. Right there, Acts chapter 2, as they all began to speak in another tongue or language, as the Spirit of God gave them the ability to do so. And they began to go everywhere. Well, they didn't go everywhere enough, did they? But that's when the Lord said, I'm going to give them a little pinch, and I'm going to get them motivated here. Uh, they're getting a little happy with the blessings and satisfied, and I've got to keep their eyes not on the blessings, but on the blesser. And so the Lord sent a little persecution, and first news you know, that church got the message, and they begin to reach out and reach out and reach out. And that's why you have Romans to Revelation. Those are teachings to the churches. The, meaning the congregations that were established in different countries and different cities. And here we are today now in 2010. And the Lord, as I have said, has blessed us in 93 to start a work in, in uh, Palms West, uh, West Palm area. And then he has, uh, before that, we were able to start two works, one right here and one up in Arcadia, 1975. I'm telling you my age. Look out. And... Uh, and so from there, under my direction of my pastor, and then from there, in 73, we started over here in, uh, in Palms West, and then in 98, we went up to Fort Myers, and we started there. And then we've gone also up to Lake Placid, and we started there in the, in the year, somewhere in the 2000s. I've got to get the exact date. have to look up my notes. But I want you to know God did that, and there's a pattern, and that's how the church got to here. And that's how the church has gone from here. And there are many others doing the same thing all over the earth, all different countries. And this, when this gospel, this gospel, repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost has been preached as a witness to all nations, then the end's going to come. And that's Matthew 24, 14. You want to stay with chapter and verse. There is no other way up or in. There is no other gospel. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Death, he died for your sin. Repentance, you die to your sin. And then burial, well, my friend, he was buried, and you got to get buried with him in Jesus' name. That's what your Bible teaches, and that's the way he explained it to them at Rome in Romans chapter 6. We are buried with Christ Jesus. And when you come up out of that water, then you're born again of water. And you get to walk in a newness of life. Going to be a brand new you. Somebody told me the other day after being baptized, said it's a, it's a special day. It's a special day. Yes, it is. It's a special day when you're baptized in Jesus' name. And all your sins are washed away and remembered no more. The Lord said, I'm done with them. In my eyes, they're gone. They're fully gone. Sent away. Remembered no more. Far apart as east is from the west. That's it. Your sins are that far apart. Taken care of. How wonderful. You're talking about special. Oh, yes. It's, a, it's, it's how your eyes perceive it. 
If you're not seeing it like God sees it, then you're going to see something that seems to be right. And you're going to find out that the end game is going to be death. You want to, you want, we want to live for God every day. We don't want to just start the race. We want to finish the race. Remember, he's going to count his worthies in the beginning, but then he's going to recount them at the end. And you want to be in the recount. And there's not going to be any acceptable excuses. God hates excuses. He gets angry with excuses. All right? Everybody said amen. You know, it's like somebody, uh, something the other day that took place, and, and uh, I couldn't help but think of that scripture uh, because they were doubting God and they were almost like mocking that God couldn't do that. And, and I was reading the Bible and it said, uh, when people said, can God, when the, when the ones that walked went in circles for 40 years because they wanted to go back on God. They came out of Egypt. They're supposed to go to the church, the Canaan land, where it flowed with milk and honey, so on and so forth, but they, they didn't. And they appointed a captain and turned back in their heart, the Scripture said, and they were condemned to wandering for 40 years in the wilderness. And their, and their, their doubting of their heart was, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? What an insult to God. My God, He created the heavens and the earth. He created you. He created everything. And you want to know if he can furnish a table? Man, you better read about Solomon's table. What a, what a kitchen he had. What cooks he had. Man, what kind of food he had. That came that queen of Sheba. And man, when she bellied up to the table, she went away from there and said, I only heard the half of it. I guess she only ate the half of it too. Man, I want you to know when she went back home, she went back full of knowledge and she went back full in her stomach, friend. You talking about God furnishing a table. God said, you want quail? I'll give you quail. You need water? I'll open a rock for you. And you better decide which side you want to be on because it's coming out of that rock. It's going to be a river. Amen. But man will see it differently. Carnal man will see it differently. Carnal man doesn't trust God. The fool says there is no God. There are spirits to fight. There are spirits that come against you. Attitudes that the enemy brings. Doubt, just like Eve. He said, um, have God said? You know, he just wants to slide one little slick thing in there. And you just press the pause button long enough to linger on over what Satan is saying. And the next thing you know, doubt is right there. Unbelief is right there. And you find yourself in a real wrestling match. And many people lose the wrestling match because they don't look to God. They don't get their eyes on the Lord. They don't look up to the Lord. They don't call on the name of the Lord. But blessed are the people that call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible said they're going to be saved. They're going to be delivered because they're going to be showing the steps that it takes for you to be delivered or to be saved. They are not difficult steps. They are the only thing that ever makes them difficult is your own flesh, your own carnal mind. There's nothing too hard for God, and he certainly put it out there and is, and is promising you divine help. Angels going up and down that beautiful ladder. He's offering you divine help. He's, it's like Moses. He, put, he said, I've set before you life and death, and he said, uh, choose life. You know, he gives you a good hint. God gives you help. God's trying to help you. He does not. He did not create hell for you. That was prepared for the devil and his angels. You don't have to listen to them. War broke out in heaven. 
The Bible said in Revelation 12 and 7, and, when, and that a lot of people don't understand that because they think that heaven wouldn't have any war. Oh, yes, it would because that's where the battle is between good and evil, between you and your eyes got to see it right. God's trying to show you that He's looking and He's uh, beholding both the good and the evil. And the Lord was looking because Satan had no truth in him from the very beginning. And Satan began to get around and among, if you please, the saints. He began to get around and among the angels. And he began to talk to them. And some of them began to pause and listen to him. And it caused them to be blind to all that God had done. And oh, God said, come on, Michael. I want you to get the A-team together. That's the angelic team. Get them together. And you go and you take care of this problem. And he got a hold of Satan and his angels and thrust them out war is going to break out over what's right and you better find yourself on the right side God's side the holy side what God says is right I want us to be where God says it's right I want my conduct to be right I want my spirit to be right I want my attitude to be right your altitude is predicated on your attitude. If you want to go up, and honey, I hope you want to go in that first resurrection. One guy's religion was so got him so confused that he told one of our men, he said, he said, I'm not going to heaven. He said, I don't want to go to heaven. I said, man, you better change your religion real quick. You better get away from that and find you some salvation, okay? Because God's in heaven. So you just said you don't even want to be where God is. What kind of mess is that? My Lord, come on now. You know, there's some people that shouldn't take three words out of their mouth but what you ought to be saying. Whoop! Right there. Don't need to hear any more from you. Bye-bye. Either you walk away or I'm walking away. <laughs> Amen. And everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. The truth of the matter is when some people open their mouth and start saying stuff, that tells you right then they left you a long time ago. They're already gone. Don't care if they're standing there in front of you in the flesh. They're gone. Their heart's gone. Their mind is gone. Their attitude is gone. you got to get this thing right in the sight of Almighty God. He's looking at Jesus Christ in the days of His flesh. God come in the flesh. God among men and women and actually telling them eyeball to eyeball, laying hands on them, uh, healing their sick, raising their dead, straightening out their theology. You better talk to me, woman, and know who I am because i got something for you, and you better start asking me for it. Don't start quoting me your pedigree about Jacob this and Jacob that. Who in the world cares about Jacob? I'm the God of Jacob. Wake up to what you've got in front of you. You've got the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob right here, right now. And he comes to church. He comes to do something good for you. And I'm going to tell you something else. It's not enough for you to do it right in God's eyes only. Any more than it's, than it's right for you to uh, only. Repent and only get baptized in Jesus' name and only get the Holy Ghost. As I said, you've got to stay saved. You can't put the brakes on here. And you can't just do it eye service. And, and God, oh, oh, you know, like the kids do with the preacher, right? And they all start straight. Oh, that's not, oh. I'm studious, I'm studious, I'm studious, you know. And then, and then about the time the door shuts behind me, then they're, you know, they're off talking and everything else, you know. You know what I'm saying. Well, you know, it's not just kids, okay? It's a kid in us. <laughs> and and we, can, we can only do it with the eye service when somebody's looking, all right? Why do you think you clean that closet and 
mopped that floor because you heard company was coming. Boy, you talking about a motivator. Somebody told me this morning, said, I'm his mother-in-law. I said, well, we allow them here too. Well, you know, you find out your mother-in-law's coming, you start polishing. You know, you start getting everything just right. Okay, so I'm trying to tell you something. You've got a God that he just doesn't want for you to fix it up when he's just looking. And then, you know, you get the feeling everything's, he's not looking right now. Well, that's the wrong thing right there. But you get that feeling, though, that it's that way. And then you go back to the same old sloppy slop, okay? No, we've got to get this in our heart. We've got to get the goods in our heart, all right? You want to have Jesus with you 24-7, 365 and a quarter. You want him all the time. You don't want him to be a fair weather God. Well, he expects the same thing of you. He doesn't want you to be here one second and gone the next second. He wants you to run this race. It's a long distance race, okay? You got to get in this and put one foot in front of another. You got to get your face set straight. Jesus, in the days of his flesh, he absolutely was, they tried to pull him aside to go to a certain city and they saw that he was, his face was set towards going to Jerusalem. He was going to Golgotha. He was going to give that body. He said, no man take my life from me. He said, I give it. And he was going to give that life. He'd already gotten the victory in the Garden of Gethsemane, gotten that flesh under subjection. He said, not my will, but the will of the Spirit. You've got to understand, people say, who is he praying to? Well, who do you pray to? I'm praying to Jesus. Okay, well, that's, he was praying to God's Spirit. Okay. Praying to God's Spirit, that flesh. He had to deal with the flesh. That's why God came in the flesh, so that he could be touched with the feelings of your weaknesses, that he would know by experience what it feels like to be tempted. And he was in all points like as we are, yet he was without sin because he was God come in the flesh. And that's why on the cross stretched out on the gold post hanging there between heaven and earth. And there he was, my friend, and he cried out, Psalm said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Who is he talking to? The Spirit, the fullness of the Almighty Spirit was in that flesh, was leaving that flesh to die on the cross as the Lamb, given that sacrifice for you, shedding the blood of God for you and for me and for a lost and a dying world that were enemies in their wicked minds, and yet he loved you while you were an enemy, and he died on that, the flesh died on that cross. God can't die. If God dies, we're all in a mess, and we might as well throw in the towel. But God cannot die. God is a spirit, and the spirit withdrew from the body, and then three days later, that same spirit re-entered that body, and up out of the grave he came. There's one God. Get it right. One God. So it just comes down to the man praying to the Spirit. Nothing confusing about that, I trust. Amen. And so you pray. I pray. The only difference is you and I don't have the fullness of the Spirit in us. Because we're not God. Okay? We are given the Spirit, the Bible said, by measure. We are given the gift of the Spirit, known as the gift of eternal life, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Many people will quote you from an epistle, a teaching to the already saved. For by grace are you saved, he said, through faith, that not of yourselves, and they stop. But it goes on to say, it is the gift of God. The gift of God in subject matter is the Holy Ghost. But of course, they don't believe in receiving the Holy Ghost. 
They just want to shake a hand, you know. Well, you know, nowadays you shake a hand, you might want to be careful. Okay. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. You know, we always uh, give thanks for our food and, and we pray over it and sanctified by the word of God in prayer, right? And so uh, we might have to start praying over our handshakes. God bless our handshakes. God let everything be good because God knows where you've been and, you know, who you shook hands with to be friendly and then maybe that's not such a good scenario. And we're living in a very dangerous world. It said in, the, in these last days that perilous times would come and it would be because men would be lovers of their own selves and they would be proud and boasters and blasphemers and unholy and unthankful, okay? And so there's many, another writer said, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And they would teach things that would turn you away from the truth and turn you unto a bunch of fairy tales and lies and men's ideas. No, you want to hone in on, I got to do this right in God's eyes. That's my starting place. I got to get it going right in God's eyes. How does God view this thing? How is he looking at it? What's his evaluation? He is the judge. He's going to give the final determination. And there's not going to be any appeals court. You hear me? He is the chief judge. He is the chief shepherd. He is at the top of the top of the top of the top. Okay? He is the top. <laughs> and everybody said amen. amen. And you better know when he says it, he's the lawgiver. When he, everything they're parroting, they're quoting, well, he's the one that gave it. He's the one that is the genesis. He's the originator. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. And when you appeal unto him, there's nowhere else to go. And you want to appeal unto him because he's not prejudiced. He doesn't have men's persons in respect uh, here today. I'm telling you, he, uh, or admiration. He is God. He's going to judge it right. You get in his eyes and you get it right from him. And his work, and that's not a cop-out. That means you're going to chapter and verse. You're praying. You're asking, God, I want this to be done right because you are the way. And people are looking for some other way. And there is no other way. Because he said, I am the way. And I like what he said in the book of Psalms. I like it all, but particularly right now, Psalm 85 and also 1 Peter. He said that uh, the flesh, Jesus, was the man, was given and left us an example that we should follow. And the psalmist said in 85 and 13, he said that uh, righteousness would set us in the way of his steps. The way of his steps. He said, I'm the way. I want to do it God's way. I want to learn how. Jesus said, you come unto me and learn of me. Okay? You, you come do that. I'm going to teach you. You come learn. I will teach you. They came. Uh, here comes a, one of them judges that I was talking about on the supreme court of the land of this earth in the, in the country of Israel. And he steps down off of his high throne up there. And he takes off his little robe and he heads off down the road. And it was getting nighttime and he slipped down to where Jesus was at. And he said, he said um, teacher, teacher, we know. We know that thou art a teacher come from God. You've come from the Spirit. You're not an imposter. You're not even just an also-ran and you're not one of the old prophets risen up because Peter set that straight and we heard about that. He said you're the Christ, that you're the son of the living God in a reference to your flesh. And so I'm looking at you in your flesh right here, right now. 
And I'm asking you. And Jesus said, you must be born again or you cannot see the kingdom of God. And this judge of the land, this guy that was very intelligent, very learned, he said, hey, he said, how do I do that? I don't know. What, go back to mama's womb the second time. And mama got a bat. She's saying, you just try it, pal. I'm going to crack you right over the head. We did that one. We ain't doing that one again. No way. That's no pleasant experience. And I think all the ladies should say amen. amen. All right. You didn't really say that convincingly, but okay. Maybe I should have had my wife say it because she always tells me you ought to be a woman just to have birth. <laughs> she said, then you find out. Then you find out. Oh, everybody said praise the Lord. Jesus said, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit, or you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And he went on to tell him, don't you marvel that I say unto thee, you must be born again. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Natural things are natural things, and they birth natural things. Okay? And he said, that which is born of the Spirit. Now, that's Spirit. Spiritual. The Spirit births spiritual things. You want to get involved with the spiritual realm, the real realm, and you want to get it right in his eyes. You want it to be what he pronounces to be righteousness. Righteousness is, what did it say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You get the first things first, and you do it the way he wants it done. Do it the way he wants it done. How can I learn? Right here in the book. Subject matter, chapter and verse. Finding the pattern. How did the apostles do it? They got their instructions from Jesus. After he left them, he gave instructions through his spirit. And Peter stood up and began to preach to the people on that first day of the church, the church that Jesus gave birth to, the ones that were sent from the Mount of Olives in Bethany. And there they were sent down to Jerusalem and told to go and preach repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, giving the people the message and the truth and that they were to get the gift of the Holy Ghost, the promise of the Father, and they were to wait there for that, and they did that. They did that, and they were doing it right in God's eyes. The instructions were being given. And then Peter stands up with those instructions in his heart and in his mind, and he begins to speak and preach the Word of God on the very first day, the pilgrimage of people that came from the whole known world, 17-plus nations, heard Peter say in answer to the question, What shall we do? Then Peter, by the voice, by the thoughts of Jesus Christ, said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you, to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourself, deliver yourself, do it, look at the God in his eyes and do it right. Say, help yourself here. You can do this because there's a way that seems right in your eyes. And oh, they're right in their eyes. Their eyes don't matter. It, it didn't even, the apostles in the church say um, when they were taken and whipped and beaten for filling the Jerusalem with their doctrine and for preaching the name of Jesus Christ, all they did not want them to preach in that name, they straightly charged them not to preach in that name. That meant don't baptize in that name. We don't want that. And uh, after they beat them and they and thrust them out, well, they find them right down the street preaching again, teaching the people again giving the message again. And uh, 
So the Bible teaches that uh, they came and they said, didn't we threaten you? Didn't we tell you? And that's where Peter said, well, you judge in yourselves whether we ought to obey God or man. He said, we're going to obey God. It's God's eyes that count. You, I, I, what did it say? The Lord is my helper. I'm not, I shall not fear what man will do unto me. Jesus made it clear. He said, if you want to know who to fear, you better fear him that has power to cast you into hell. You better know that he is the judge and he absolutely will be the one that pronounces whether you're going up or whether you're going down. I suppose that's what Caesar meant down in the Colosseum, huh? This way you lived, this way you didn't. <laughs> I guess he figured that one out, didn't he? Well, let me tell you, my God's got it all figured out and he absolutely sees the beginning to the end and he knows what's right. And you and I are trying to find out what's right. We want to put ourselves right in the eyes of God. We want God to pronounce it right. We want the judge of the whole earth to say that is right. And I want to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Faithful to do it right. Faithful to do it the way I said to do it. It doesn't matter what the critics say. It doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter what all those uh, things that people say are in the Bible that aren't in the Bible. It's not going to matter if you do what they say. You know, every tub sits on its own bottom. And, and uh, what is it? Godliness is next to, cleanliness is next to godliness. And man shall live by the sweat of his brow. None of those things are in the Bible. But people, people, it's like the guy told me, his wife told him, he said, the Bible said, be kind to dumb animals. I guess he wanted me to be kind to him. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, uh, now some of you in the back's a little slow. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, uh, I told him, I said, I said, look, sir, I said, I'll tell you what. I said, you go home. He said, my wife's got a concordance. I said, you go home. And you get your concordance, and you get your wife, and you find that scripture for me. And if you find that scripture and you show it to me in God's Bible, I will give you $1,000. Now, I didn't have $1,000. So you know I stepped right out on faith. <laughs> I surely did. And, uh, and, and because that, because the word of God is what the word of God is, I didn't have Peter's experience of beginning to sink either. Thankfully, it was smooth walking. You know what they say, you're so smooth. Well, I was feeling right, very smooth right then. There was no waves. There was no ripples. It was just like a sea of glass. And that's in your Bible too. Revelation 15. And I felt like I had the old harp, sure enough. And I was singing a song, friend. And I was singing that there ain't no such scripture as be kind of dumb animals. As a matter of fact, the word animal is not in the Bible, by the way. So there are people that come up with all kinds of things. And they say things and they, they, will, they will fight you tooth and toenail over it. And they're fighting over something that's what did the Bible kind of teach you in one instance? It never even entered into God's mind. God's like, I never had that thought. I don't remember saying that. No, no, that's, that's not written there. And you notice that in the days of his flesh, Jesus answered the devil, it is written. Chapter verse. It is written. Chapter verse. It wasn't hearsay. It wasn't, you know, some little homily that he came up with at that moment or, or some legend that got passed down or, you know, my grandma always said, well, maybe what your grandma said was dripping with juice. Brown juice. You know? There's lots of people claim God and got a lot of weird things going on. And somewhere down the road, you've got to tell yourself, I want the real thing. I want what's right. Tell you, actually, I'll tell you a real true life thing about that. 
guy told me, the big old guy, and he said, um, he said he had a, a best friend growing up, and you know they were just big old teenagers and and uh, getting up 16, 17 in there. And he said my my friend, he said his his um, grandmother would make the best breakfast, and he said I I just always loved when he'd give me some of her biscuits, big old biscuits, and and so he said so one. One uh, Saturday morning, he invited me over for breakfast. So he said, I got there early. We were sitting at the table. He said, man, I dreamed about those biscuits all night long. And he said, and, and she was just standing there, and she had that bowl, and she was just turning that, that uh, spoon, you know, and getting that batter ready, you know. And he's thinking, oh, his eyes are getting bigger. I don't have that biscuit. I can't wait to have them biscuits, you know. And about that time, he saw that dip come down out of the corner. <laughs> and, and he saw that drop right into that bucket. And, and she just stirred it right on in there. <laughs> Suddenly he lost his appetite. Told me that. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are going to lose their appetite. You hear me tell you now. They're going to lose their appetite for false doctrine. They're going to lose their appetite for the kind of stuff being churned out. And stirred up by somebody for the mess they've got mixed in with it. You don't want partial truth. You don't want partial Bible. You want subject matter. You want chapter and verse. You want what's right in God's eyes. What's right in God's eyes. There is no other way except His way because He is the way. He is the way. Everybody said praise the Lord. And I want you to give God a big hand together. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And you know, it's not different for anybody else either. It's the same for everybody. One country doesn't get one thing and another country get another thing. When they, when they crucified Jesus and they put the, the writing over him, Pilate did, and he put it in three languages, which represented the languages of the whole known world. This is to the whole world, church family. This isn't just for a few people. This isn't just for special people. This isn't just for, for somebody that uh, has a lot of money or somebody that has a lot of talent or a lot of good looks or something. That hasn't got a thing in the world to do with it. You hear me? But Jesus Christ made it clear that the Spirit so loved the world that He provided that flesh that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And you better read it that way. The Spirit, the Father, He provided that flesh, the Son, and He did that so that everybody could have the opportunity that whosoever will, and you want to get among the willing, if there first be a willing heart, first be a willing mind, you get yourself willing. I'm not, I'm not letting my will get into this. I'm not going to fight. Not my will, He said by prayer and example, but thy will, the will of the Spirit. Hey, your mom and your father and Sisters and brothers are outside there. He said, ah, who's my mother? Who's my father? Who's my brother? Who's my... It's them that do the will of the Spirit that get this Word of God and do it. Amen. Come on. He's not playing favorites and he's not playing games. In his eyes, you got to get it right and he's made the way for you to get it right. Let's lift our hearts. Come on and worship him here. Yeah. Praise the name above all names, the 